Thank you, Pastor. Turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 1, please. We're going to preach from Revelation chapter 1. If you have a bulletin, there's a blue sheet in there. It's the, it's the prayer list of while we're in Cuba. So you'll notice that every day we're doing something. And for you prayer warriors, if you could uh, begin your day looking at that sheet, seeing what we're going to do and ask God to bless, number one, for souls to be saved. Um, number two, the first uh, one, once we get to Cuba, is to preach on that Tuesday to the pastors, and we told the Sunday school class that that's perhaps the most important message there is because they're the ones who stay behind in Cuba while we get on a plane and come home, and so they need to catch the fire of evangelism. So, so please pray for that, uh, if you would, and uh, um, let's see, this is the first time I've preached in two months. Many of you prayed for my hip replacement surgery. That was November 15th, and that turned out to be great. And then uh, about uh, three weeks ago, they implanted uh, my chest with a thing that nobody else has problems but me. So uh, last Sunday, they ripped it out of my chest. Just so you say, ripped? Uh, yes, needle nose pliers and everything. But anyway, uh, the infection was pretty bad. Uh, I am. I think I've turned the corner on the, the infection. Yesterday was uh, one of my better days, and today I feel like I'm doing pretty good. So, so we've got three weeks till we go to Cuba. So I'm about 90% uh, there. So pray that that last 10% uh, goes well between now and January 29th. Um, just got back from Junior Church. They. All year long, they've been praying for AAA Ministries, taking up a, a collection. And I want you to know, they just gave AAA Ministries a check for $162. Yes. I think the average age over there is four and a half. <laughs> so uh, I have to also thank parents of those kids uh, that might have... Uh, said here throw that in the offering plate but uh, 162 dollars see in Cuba they try to make a dollar a day if they make a dollar a day 30 dollars a month they 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 do all right that's pretty good found out in the last prayer letter of Ernesto's that's that's in the big city Siego or Havana 30 dollars a day but is the average but in where Ernesto's church is it's eight dollars a month eight dollars a month so he is in a, a I mean it's very rural um, and it just goes forever. It goes forever. You can leave his church and say, okay, we're going to go door knocking. And uh, two hours later, you're lost somewhere in the uh, sugar canes, I guess. I don't know. But uh, $8 a month is the average income of the families around his church. So, we Americans, if we made minimum wage... We're making way more than them. God has blessed America. Yes, amen. That means God has blessed us. And when God blesses us, I think he also expects us to give. Yes. You've been given towards Cuba and Ghana. I have no idea what you gave, but, but it's because of God's blessings that you're able to give. You know that. I know that. Um, so in Sunday school, uh, the lesson was 
that sermon to those eight pastors. There's, there's eight churches that uh, we go and try to minister to. Eight churches, eight pastors. Um, they're just getting ready to start another one uh, in Havana. Uh, the church in um, Utah sponsored that church. They, they raised $6,000. So $6,000, just so that you know, can start a church in Cuba. And the reason why I can start a church is because that's what they pay to buy a house. So a house costs $6,000. And then they put a pastor and his wife in that house, and then that pastor and his wife have a home church. And they preach in it for years and years and years, and if they get big enough, they might uh, throw up a side room that's bigger. But that has just happened in Havana uh, this time. They just started meeting a few months ago. Uh, someone volunteered to be the pastor, someone we've known for the eight or so years that we've been going down there. And uh, him and his wife are there. And um, so, so growing churches is very important. In Ghana, the church that was planted, that we went to last year, uh, was already starting to uh, build a second church. And uh, on this Sunday, today, in Ghana, there'd be over 200 people in that second church. Just to give you an idea. So, uh, when you pray for Cuba or Ghana, that's what I want you to know about. The churches, the evangelism that goes on. Reaching the lost. Uh, like what our brother prayed, partnered. He used the word partnered. I like that. That just boom. I have no idea what other words he used, but bam, when I heard the word partnered, I said, that's it. See, how many of you are getting on a plane to go to Cuba? Zero of you. How about Ghana? Zero. But you partnered with AAA Ministries. You partnered with Barney and Earl and myself. Allie was supposed to be here. We're taking a 16-year-old girl with us, and I would have loved to have introduced you to her, but she's playing a special music. How do you like that? Special music takes priority over Elmira Baptist Church. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maybe we'll be able to bring her down when we come back from Cuba. That would be nice. Anyway, partnered. You can't go, but you can help someone else go. That's a partnership. And uh, that's what Elmira is. So in a sense, believe me, Elmira Church will be in Cuba landing on January 30th. They will be in Ghana on April 2nd by the time we get there. So thank you very, very much. Thank you ahead of time for your love gift that we'll receive. And... Uh, uh, you know, every dollar will reach somebody. Somebody will be saved because, because we're able to go. All right. Now, if I don't give you this back, I want you to know I'm going to try to leave it right here. You don't have to. Keep it. Throw it in the box for, for Cuba. For me, yeah, I, I've got five at home, but uh, I, I just didn't bring them. I don't know why. You know, getting up, I had to get up at six to get here. I got here before your pastor got here. You did, yeah. Matter of fact, I sent him a text, said I'll be there at nine, and I think I woke him up. Yeah. Not sure, not sure, Christy. Is that what you said? Okay. 
I want to read some verses. So Sunday school was the message to the pastors on that Tuesday, but this message is Wednesday night's message to Ernesto's church. So I want you to hear a sermon that I'm going to preach the first Wednesday night in an auditorium about this size, and there will be about this many people there. So his Wednesday nights are, uh, they have to find chairs, okay? That's Pastor Ernesto, that's whom you support and have for several years now. But I just want to, just, just leisurely, let's read some verses. I, my tendency is I want to stop and say something, but if I do, then I won't have a sermon. So I'm going to try to skip things so that I at least have something to preach when I'm done reading the, the text. So you said I could go to one, what did you say? 130. 130, okay. Oh, some people just woke up on that. Yes, okay. These are pretty nice. What are these, twos or 175? Twos, yeah. All right, I'm going to begin. Well, let's begin in verse 11. The voice that spoke in verse 10 said, I am Alpha and Omega, and please let God's word speak to your hearts. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, under Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels or messengers, the pastors of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Father, speak to our hearts, I pray. Take this written word and apply it to us here at Elmira and in Cuba also. 
Thank you, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The person doing the talking is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's talking about the seven candlesticks and the seven stars or messengers or pastors. So this is a text that's all about the church. Elmira is a church. This applies to you as real as it did 2,000 years ago when it was written. Don't let it go to waste. Don't let it fly by you. I turned and saw the voice, he says in verse 12. We mentioned in Sunday school that he said he was the Alpha and Omega. That's the A to Z and every letter in between, which means he, he is our alphabet. He is our, our word. How many English words are there? I mean, I looked it up, and you can get different little variations, but there was one word that's used 12 different ways. So one word can be 12 words. Anyway, to make it easy, is a million English words. He's the Alpha and Omega. That's a million words. He's the uh, first and the last. They say that we really only use about 25,000. Now think about that. A million words, and we use a fraction of that. Some of us, me included, use far less. So that's important. He is all the words of not just English, Spanish, we're going to go to Spanish, and in, in, in Ghana they speak something else. How many languages are there? There's like 7,000 languages in the world today. He's all those languages together. That's a beautiful description of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he says, I am the word of God, that's a million English words. That's 50,000 Spanish words. Actually, I heard 88. That's weird. 88,000 versus a million. I thought that was a misprint, but that's what Google said. And we know Google never lies. The Word of God. The voice of God. That's what John turned to see. He turns in. Now, this is the same John who for three plus years walked with the Lord Jesus, talked to the Lord Jesus, ate with the Lord Jesus, slept with the Lord Jesus, laid his head on his shoulder, on his bosom to rest. The same John and the Lord Jesus had this beautiful human companionship. But now, he looks at that voice, and what's he see? He sees a white-haired person. He sees the Ancient of Days, as Daniel describes. He sees someone with eyes that are red and feet that are bronze. and He sees something different. And at the end, do you remember what we read? When he saw Jesus, what did he do? You remember? 
fell at his feet as dead. That's the Jesus Elmira Baptist Church needs to get a glimpse of. Not the Jesus on earth who turned the other cheek, said thank you and you're welcome, but the one that would cause us to fall at his feet in reverence, fear, in worship. Now just go to the end of the sermon, but if we could get to that place, we'd change. We would change. We would not be the same leaving the church. Leaving the presence of this. He's not the same as he was. He's glorified. Don't turn there because I have no idea how long I'm going to take. But in Daniel 7... Daniel had a vision of God with white hair and eyes of fire. And he called him the Ancient of Days. That's a synonym for saying he's eternal. Lord Jesus Christ popped into Bethlehem and popped out at the Mount of Olives. But he's as eternal as and as glorified as the Mount of Transfiguration? Were those three apostles changed on the Mount of Transfiguration when they got a glimpse of the transfigured Savior? Oh, yes, they were. And I think that's God's goal. He wants us to get a glimpse of Him, He wants us to be changed. So let's see. Verse 13. And in the midst of the, oh, verse 12, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about his paps, the paps with a golden girdle. He hears the voice, he turns to see, and the first thing he saw is one like unto the Son of Man. Again, Daniel chapter 7 describes Jehovah as the Son of Man. The Son of Man actually has a stronger connotation of the deity of Christ than the Son of God. Stronger. We don't understand that because we're Americanized. But in the Israel and Arab world, the Son of Man was Daniel chapter 7. And everybody knew that Daniel chapter 7, Son of Man, was Jehovah God. In the Mediterranean world, everybody was a son of God. How many gods did the Greeks have? Tens of thousands. The Egyptian pharaohs said, I'm going to become God, I'm a God. <clears throat> to be a son of God, to an American Christian, woo! But to the Middle East, oh. One of thousands. But the title Son of Man, which I always used to just kind of consider a, a least important title than the Son of God. Ah, 
That's the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7. That's who John saw. (coughs) And where was this Ancient of Days, white-haired man standing? Where was it? In the midst of the seven candlesticks. The seven candlesticks are the seven churches. And who is in the middle of the churches? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ needs to be in the middle of Elmira Baptist Church. Not Scott Dean. Not the deacon board. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's in the middle of the seven candlesticks. He is the one of preeminence. We need to remember that. What's Jesus doing? Well, if you look at verse 13, it kind of talks about being robed down to his feet, girded about the path of the chest. Usually, if you're going to do something in these days, where were you girded about? And it was about the waist, bringing up the long train, cinching it tight so you can get busy working. But the description of this Ancient of Days is the same description of the high priest in the Old Testament. So the picture that John is trying to get to us is here is the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of the seven churches, dressed as the high priest, (coughs) ministering to the candlesticks that surround him. We don't think about the role of Jesus as the high priest very often. We've got Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father in our minds, right? That's where he is. In John, Revelation chapter 1, is he sitting at the right hand of the Father? No. He's in the midst of the seven churches ministering to what? To the lampstand, the lights, the candlestick. He's ministering to the seven churches. He might be working harder after he rose from the dead than he did for three and a half years on this earth. Now, if you're a lampstand, I'm sorry, I keep saying lampstand, which that's what it is, candlestick, I don't want to... Candlestick. And you're in the mid- and Jesus is in the midst of the seven candlesticks. What's his job? What's the job of the high priest in the midst of the seven candlesticks that go around him? What do you think it is? For each candlestick to do what? Burn its brightest and shed as much light as it possibly can. Do you think, am I, am I trying to squeeze a square peg in a round hole on that one? No. If you're candlesticks, candlesticks are supposed to give light. And you got someone as the high priest ministering to those churches. He's trying to keep that, that candle 
well lit. That's his job. To apply that to Elmira. Let's just say every one of you is a candlestick. And he's walking through the midst of you. And what's his number one purpose here? In other places, he's got other purpose. In 1 John chapter 2, he's an advocate. As the accuser is pointing his finger at believers, Jesus is defending them. So, so he's, he's somewhere else doing something else. In, in John 15, he's the husbandman that's pruning the trees so that they could bear more fruit. But we're not preaching 1 John chapter 2. We're not preaching John chapter 15. We're preaching Revelation chapter 1. And his main concern is light. That's his main concern, light. Keeping the churches as bright as they can for as long as they can. Do you ever know anybody that burns bright and then over time fades? Sure. Well, everybody. So if you burn bright and faded, what does the husband what does the high priest want you to do? Burn bright again. <laughs> That's what he's why he's interested. He's interested in that. And the standard of brightness, what do you think? What standard does the high priest expect out of the Elmira Baptist Church? candlestick. Mediocre, low grade, or burning bright and hot? You know the answer. Say it. Burning bright and hot. That's what he expects. And uh, I had to look these up. Let me see. Ah. Yeah. You ever seen a candle that starts smoking? That's not that you don't want that because if it's smoking, that means that the, not enough oxygen is getting to the wick. Try getting around in life when your oxygen tank is running low. That's not what the high priest wants. So the high priest is trying to find out well, what's, what's clogging the flow of oxygen? Ah, the Holy Spirit is air, right? Pneuma. Something got in the, the plastic tubing. A clog. If the wick is too long, it needs to be trimmed. If the wick is too short, the melted wax is drowning it, and it can't. You've seen that. You get you, you you light your candles once a year at Christmas time or something like that, and it's barely lit, and you got to what pour off the excess wax, and then when you put it back right, ooh. So the high priest is he's at work. He's looking, and he he wants your candle to be as bright as it can be. That's what he wants. In chapter 2, verse 5, he tells the candlestick. Be careful. I might have to 
snuff out the candle. <laughs> That's a warning. I can remove your candlestick. That's a solemn warning. He's busy as a bee working to keep Elmira as bright as it can be. But just the next chapter over, he warns the church, if you're not given the light I expect, I'll take it out. How many churches did he write this letter to? Seven. You'll be hard-pressed to find any of those seven around today. You, you, you won't find any of these. They came, they burned, and they died out. Gone. That's sad, but that's that warning. So is Elmira Baptist Church burning as bright as the high priest desires? Next week, I'm going to preach a sermon at Calvary Baptist in Oroville. I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to say, is Calvary Baptist burning as bright as the high priest wants? I already know the answer, and the answer is no up there. And it might be no here. You say, well, whoa, 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 man, we meet every Saturday. <clears throat> I've been in those Saturday meetings, and there's about four or five of you, unless you've doubled. Oh, well, everybody will come on Sunday morning, praise God, I'm religious. Oh, wow, I love Jesus. But when it comes to going out and burning as a bright light, you're not here. So, the question I ask Elmira, I'll ask next week. And you know what? I'm going to ask Ernesto's church on that Wednesday night. Because I need that church to catch on fire. I just, I'm, I'm blessing you with the sermon I'm going to preach there when you're not there so that you can get in on it. First Peter 4.17 says, Judgment begins in the house of the Lord and begins with us. Individuals. Is your wick too long? Is it too short? Is the oxygen being cut off? Are you smoking? Are you smoldering? Are you barely lit? Only you know the answer to that. I don't know. But I do know that the great high priest who's girded about to minister to this church collectively and you individually is looking for the brightest flame, the longest lasting flame. That's what he's looking for. And John, he hears all this, he sees all this, and he falls at his feet as dead. A glimpse of the Jesus that is in existence right now in heaven. Erase the gospel picture out of your mind and begin to picture him here 
white hair, ancient of days, who was, who is, who will be eternal. Eyes, flame of fire, is that how it's worded? Those eyes know the hearts. Out of his mouth, a sharp two-edged sword. You know, when I think of a sword, I think of those long kind of, you know, and, and this, this is what I think of, right? Sword. This word for sword is the shorter stabbing one. <laughs> you seen those shorter swords in Roman pictures? The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Same word. Piercing. The eyes, the mouth, pierces, convicts, feet of brass. Brass is a symbol of judgment. I'm here to judge. Oh, for three and a half years, he didn't judge, did he? Oh. But guess what? John chapter 5, he now is the judge. He's now the judge. So if you and I were transported in John Sandals right here and we saw and heard this, would you fall at his feet as dead? Would you smite your breast and say, Oh Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner? Would you see how far above he is and how low we are? And you crawl to him in reverential fear. Say, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me. I personally am not burning as I should. Collectively, our church is not that light that it should be. Oh, we're light. Good night, we're light. That's not the point. We are light, you are light. It's just, are you as bright as you should be? Because the high priest, he's talking to Elmire, he's talking to Calvary Baptist, he's talking to the Carolina church. See yourself in his presence as he is right now. Not sitting at the right hand. <clears throat> Ministering to this church and you personally. That's what, that's the message. Let's pray. Heads bowed. Eyes closed. Do you see yourself as a light, a candlestick. Do you see this church that way? Then answer this simple question. Is this church burning as bright as it should? Are you personally the light that you should be? Or do you need to fall at his feet as a dead man? 
Let's just stand to our feet where you're at. Keep your heads bowed.